This is a rose hit, and I am the roaming rose researcher on the rose hip road trip. I have a rose between my hips, loas on my lips, and I am hip to the power of plants. Each day, I chant to invoke their spirits. Can you hear it? This is a rose hit, and I am the roaming rogue researcher on the rose Hey there, rose hip road trippers. I hope you're having an amazing week. I am Dr. Hillary Booker, the roaming rogue researcher, and this is the rose hip road trip. Don't forget to put your thinking caps on, kids, because this week I speak to fellow Aquarian Jackie Maldonado, owner and proprietor of Westchester, Pennsylvania's Prana House, a modern herbal apothecary. When you walk into the Prana House, you'll feel a difference in the energy from the outside as opposed to the inside. You might encounter tarot and oracle cards, crystals, books about herbs, healing, and energy, essential oils, energy-charged jewelry, and of course, herbs in all of their various forms. The raw herbs themselves, tinctures, and other preparations. You can also attend events and classes at the Prana House and order from their online store at www.thepranahouse.com. Jackie has vast knowledge about healing and she's passionate about making it available to as many as people as possible. This week, you'll hear our conversation about coming into healing through family relationships and responsibilities, living within the rhythm of the seasons, and why everything really is earth-based. Jackie discusses earth-based living as a fully integrated process that infiltrates every aspect of our lives. I had some technical difficulties this week, so part of the interview will have to be shared via the blog, which only means that there are more secrets and surprises for you in the coming weeks. As I've said before, this is real live research. And we had our conversation outside on the first real autumn day on a weekday morning in the middle of Westchester. So you will hear the sounds of Westchester in the fall in this interview. As always, thank you so much for listening. If this work resonates with you, please share it with others. You can find out more about my whereabouts and my current interviews by visiting the Rose Hip Road Trip on Facebook and on the Instagram handle Rose Hip Road Trip. You can also learn more about the Institute for Earth-Based Living and receive daily motivation by visiting our page on Facebook and the Instagram handle Institute for Earth-Based Living and by visiting our website, www.instituteforearthbasedliving.com. Have a beautiful week, everyone. My certification uh, states that I'm an herbal retail manager. Okay. So that means that I have the knowledge in retail, if I were to produce or sell herbs, I have the knowledge of what those legal aspects are, what the medicinal constituents of those herbs are, how to safely ingest, what's external, Etc. 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 And the foundation is about really 50 herbs that we're, we study in that program, and then we have to do our our hands-on work externally. 
So I did a lot of my hands work, hands-on work at Camp Hill Camberton, which is a biodynamic farm, which is a deliberate community. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. Um, Mimi Coleman is the um, director there, I believe. So they're a deliberate community with adults with Down syndrome, and they have a CSA, they have an herb garden there, they have a little cafe, and they do music therapy, and they do all kinds of things. Um, and so I did my hands-on work there. I volunteered there for about six months. And then a lot of the knowledge that I have is passed down from my family, my mom, my grandmother, my aunts, um, and then things that I've learned along the way, uh, self-use and study and things like that. Yeah. And then just having the business. Right. So I say that's so. There's a couple mm-hmm. things in there. One mm-hmm. is that you have a business called mm-hmm. the Prana House. Can I you do. talk a little bit about the Prana House and what brought you to open it up? Okay. So the Prana House is an apothecary first and foremost. And we do um, describe it as a new age apothecary, and um, the reason for that is because most people in this day and age don't really know what a apothecary actually is right. so uh, <laughs> we've actually had to explain that terminology frequently <laughs> for individuals um, but essentially it's it's plant, plant-based earth-based products um, in the store for internal and external use in the body so internally we use over 180 over 100 varieties now we had over 80 before but now it's over 100 varieties of organic non-GMO, kosher certified. Um, some of them are wild harvested herbs from some of the largest farms in the world. And our supplier is one of the strictest standards of suppliers in the United States. Um, we use a couple, but making sure that they fall within those um, guidelines. Also the artesians that we bring into the shop as well, they use only all natural plant-based things into their products Um, so a lot of body lotions soaps oils uh, essential oils or perfume aromatherapy oils things like that to keep in line with the idea so when i started all of this and i started really going deeper into my practice i was researching a lot of companies and researching a lot of places where i could find um, products where i could go and get my materials that i needed and I was realizing that I had to go pretty far. The closest place um, really to me at the time was in Philadelphia or Chestnut Hill. And moving out here to Chester County, that was about an hour, hour and a half drive, if not longer. Sometimes they wouldn't have all the products that I wanted to, or it was just a certain selection met that criteria that I wanted. And then going through my studies and going deeper into a lot of things, I also stumbled upon the Environmental Working Group which they have an application called Skin Deep or Beauty Counter as well. And what that application does is they rate basically almost every single product on a level of toxic scale. And so when I first started researching, the toxic scale was at a zero to nine. They've since um, changed it to one to nine. And so they go into this independent lab, all these products get sent to this independent lab and they get rated based on their toxic scale. So for allergies, the ingredients that could cause internal and external damage, you know, cancer side effects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Asthma, allergies, all kinds of stuff. And I found out that a lot of the products that I was using that I considered organic and it was labeled as organic, weren't truly organic. And then also going through my studies, I also realized that the USDA has a very loose standard as to what it considers organic. 
only 70% of the actual ingredients that go into the product are actually organic and the remaining 30% you have no idea and I'm like I, felt, I was angry I really was because I was like you know as consumers we trust right that the places that we're putting our money into and we're we're essentially helping them grow right are going to provide us with the ingredients that we want because we're looking for that particular mark on there to say yes this is good for you there's no harmful ingredients in here whatsoever and that wasn't the standard that really wasn't the case and so as I was going through all this there was a lot of transitions in my life on I always knew I wanted to own a business you know it, it, it varied based on what type of business I really wanted but as I, I kept growing and I kept going deeper into all of this, I was like, okay, I think this is the direction I really want to go. Because I do want to be able to provide something. I want people to go into a place and not have to worry or not have to think, like, this is good for me. It's already automatically there. We've done the research for you already so that we have the highest quality products and at the highest quality standards possible. And then another thing, too, there's a lot of amazing people out there that do wonderful work and just need um, a platform to really move forward in their businesses and what they're producing. And, you know, coming into Westchester, um, it was really great because I got to meet a lot of people that do make their own products and then align with them and not only then have that standard of purely organic and all natural, but then also within the community, helping community members grow and evolve and expand as well. So community is a really, really big thing for me. I mean, everything, everywhere that we've really gone to, I mean, we think about schooling, we think about the relationships that we build, organizations that we go into, and those are all communities. Um, and so that's essential. It's essential to the growth of not only yourself as an individual, um, your town, um, that then spreads and overlaps into other communities and so on and so forth. And then growing that knowledge, educating people. Uh, the biggest thing that I found out is a lot of people aren't educated in this anymore, which is a little discouraging, um, but it's also a realization that it's needed. So it's, um, it's great for me because then that means too that people are being attracted to something like this. Um, because of all of the misinformation we've been dealt in the past, right? From our from our food companies um, to um, our pharmaceutical companies, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I think people are now wanting to take their health into their hands and wanting to make a change um, with themselves. And so that means um, also the struggle of having to get educated again. And Google has so much information out there, but um, sometimes it can get lost in translation or it's just one little thing and then people run with that or it's misinformation. Well are not always offering correct. correct information. Exactly, exactly. And so that was another thing. You know, a part of my mission is ensuring that the educational piece is also there. So when people come in, being able to educate them on the varieties of herbs that we have, being able to offer workshops and classes that are able to educate people on those things. And then also bringing in the other aspect of my life, not just with herbalism, but spirituality and growth in that sense too. Um, I'm also a yoga teacher. And so 
the year that I really started to expand my education in herbalism and um, nutrition was also the same year that I was going through my yoga teacher training. So it was great because I was able to get both around the same time and really expand all that. So not only did it bring... It just, yeah, it happened organically. It was really, it was really amazing um, how it all transpired. It was back in 2013 was really the initiation period of all of that, embarking on that journey. And so through that, I was able to kind of bring it all together and say, okay, you know, what's, what are really the most important things for me and my growth, my development and what I want to offer into the world. And that is mind, body, and soul, you know, having, um, people have that empowerment for themselves in those decisions but then also having a safe place in which they can learn about those things not be judged and also have a community and grow from there on their own you know offering those tools to people so that's kind of that's really where it all really began (laughs) you said earlier that So an apothecary for me, this is not probably like Webster's dictionary definition, right? Um, An apothecary for me is a place that provides um, natural products for the body that are used from earth-based supplies. So any plants, waxes that come from the earth, really, um, resins to use on our body and in our body. And you also mentioned earlier that um, part of your attraction to herbalism is based in practices that you saw the women in your family using. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So my family is originally from Guatemala. And in um, a lot of other countries where doctors aren't readily available um, or it takes a while to get to them or people just don't have the money um, to get there, a lot of the old school way of healing has been with household products from the land and so my family that's how they healed themselves from from the time that I was little right a lot of it was because they didn't have the money to go to a doctor but my family is they're originally farmers so my grandfather was a farmer and my mom grew up on a farm and out in the middle of nowhere and so you know when they got injured when they got sick they had to rely on what the land provided to heal themselves Um, and so my grandmother learning from her parents and then just it's almost like it's instinctual it it seems you know it's just something that's passed on from general it is it is instinctual absolutely but but out there even more so because you're actually living on the land and you get to communicate with these plants and just in the villages Right? from the wise women of the past and, and the men that are farmers out there, they learned how to use all of these things to heal the body, to nourish the body. So my grandmother developed a lot of things as, as my mom was growing up. And so those, that wisdom was installed in my mom as well and my aunts. And I always joke that I was raised by a coven of women because um, my mom is one of four sisters. And so there was a time period in my life where we all lived together. And they, it was in my most impactful time of my life, um, really in the time frame of, let's say, 8 to 13, 
you know, and as a child, those are really, for me anyway, the foundational the years, years yeah. of when we retain all our right. knowledge and, your and our information. Is, that's And funny enough, though, I hated it. Yeah, of course. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> hated it because that meant that I was the weird one. I was the right. oddball. You know, it was, you know, even lunchtime, going to school, the things that I would bring to school because my family was really, they were juicing before it was cool. Yeah. You know, we went to farmer's markets before it was cool. <laughs> it was just, it was just how... Well, they did. did things yeah exactly and so um, I was brought along for the ride because I was the kid and now that I look back on it and so when I moved out here to Pennsylvania so I grew up mostly in California so when I moved out here to Pennsylvania it was a very interesting shift for me in so many different ways not only culturally but with our diet it took me months months to get used to the food out here because it's not as fresh and just the way that it was made and now I can't tell the difference but back then I could and it was a it was a very big adjustment and so the first couple of years of moving to Pennsylvania it was almost like we forgot those things and not even a year of being here in Pennsylvania my mom became very 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 ill where she spent almost an entire year in the hospital and um, she had many medical doctors on her case. They had no idea what was wrong with her. They kept guessing, guessing, and guessing as to what was wrong. We ended up having an entire cabinet full of pharmaceutical drugs that they were giving her. And basically, she was a guinea pig. They were like, okay, take this to try to do this. And yet, this was causing other illnesses in other ways. Her time in the hospital had her developing meningitis and she almost died from it. And so not only was she sick, but she was contracting other illnesses on top of it, making her even sicker. So finally the doctors realized what she had and we were they, they finally realized that she had this rare disease that caused her organs to shut down, and which is uh, Wegener's granulomatosis. And then she also had stromaloids, which from my understanding is a rare um, parasite um, that exists in the body, and, um, but it's dormant. For, it can be dormant for a very long time, and so you can go years realizing that you have, not realizing that you have this, and then all of a sudden it just starts to wreak havoc on your body. So in that plan of getting her to recovery, I had to take on a lot of things as well in that recovery process for her um, as an assistant and so learning some things and it's just funny to look back on life because even as I was a younger child I was always the one that when people got injured that my family members would come to me in, in distress of any kind whether it was just to talk people through it or to actually mend the boo-boos right <laughs> it was me so I've always had that part of me um, with me, but I rejected it. And going back when having to do it with my mom, it kind of brought all that back. And I hated seeing the suffering and I wanted to heal and I wanted to, to, to find out a way that we could get her there. And But also realizing this is madness. This whole cabinet of pharmaceutical drugs is madness. And so with the plan, with the doctors, we also then created our own plan. You know, 
the things she started doing a lot fresher the foods again going back to our original way of living her diet became a lot better going back to our whole foods and superfoods diet that we used to live on and exist on before and she did really really great and at the same time I also struggled being in high school being a teenager what are the primary staples of your diet pizza hamburger sodas mac and cheese you know those are candy and chips and all kinds of things like all processed foods galore right is what we enjoy so it was a, it was a huge struggle and then when I went to college all that was like okay I can't do this anymore I was feeling very lethargic just unhappy with myself noticing uh, bouts of depression in me so I was like I can't so making that decision to to change and this is when I was reintroduced into nutrition reintroduced to physical activities yoga I was introduced to yoga so that knowledge started building again and the love and the passion for it and then my mother got sick again for Wegner's so Wegner's is a disease that stays dormant within you when it's controlled but can also become active again and so her Wagner's became active again without her knowing and because it had been basically 13 years of her not having this illness anymore we didn't think anything of it well because of I guess how long it went um, it ended up giving her a stage 5 renal failure and so she was in through dialysis and again it was that all right, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna we're gonna start on a good diet and, and or go back into even more of a of a healthier diet because the thing in our society is we choose to go on the real diets, on the good diets, on the superfoods, all naturals. But then when we start to feel good, we start to take a little bit more of the preservatives and a little bit more of the processed foods. So we're like, oh, I'll be all right. I'll be okay realizing that we're really doing damage to ourselves because this whole existence of nutrition and a healthier lifestyle really is meant to be a lifestyle and that means every single day of that lifestyle is what what you're in and that means trying to eliminate all those processed foods altogether and we really um, do a disservice to ourselves you know in doing that but the society that we live in, unfortunately, kind of makes it a little difficult. And because of the speed that we live our lives in, it's like, it's a lot easier in the morning to wake up, grab a coffee from Wawa and a bagel or a breakfast sandwich or whatever it is, or go to Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, the slogan is, we run on Dunkin'. It's so, all these things are in our face. And then also the idea too, that in our society, that eating more natural, eating healthier, eating more organic is more expensive. And so then I can't afford it. That becomes the excuse as well. Well, this, it was a plan for my mom that she needed to get better. And thankfully she did get a, a kidney transplant. And so with that kidney transplant brought this like new life to her. And she was like, I never want to go back there. And I was like, I never want to see my family go back there. And that's really when I decided to go through with my education and everything. She's a really big part of my inspiration. And then also I'm a mom. So during this time, when I started being reintroduced into nutrition and into yoga, I got pregnant with my son. And when I was pregnant, I was like, I'm eating as healthy as possible. I haven't taken any Tylenol or Advil in 
I would say at this point almost 15 years. I even at a natural childbirth is what I wanted. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I ended up having to get an epidural because he just wasn't coming. Um, but everything up until that point of my pregnancy was like as natural as possible. I want my child to, even if he rejects the ideas that are instilled in him, just like with me, hopefully later on in life, he will come back to them or at least he has that knowledge installed in him that he can say, oh, if I get sick, I can grab these spices from my cupboard and make a medicine, you know? And, you know, when he was born, making his own food, not having any processed baby food at all, um, completely, completely clean, and he was a healthy baby, breastfeeding, getting those good immune-boosting uh, um, CBD1 receptors in him, and also as he went into daycare. So just, it's, it's everything. It's, it exists in everything that we are. It has to be that way, yeah. you know. And I think with consumers, especially new consumers that come my way, that are dipping the toe in, it's overwhelming because you've lived your entire life in one way, and now there's this whole other world that you're like, "What is this?" And I mean, I've had people that don't even know what chamomile is, you know, chamomile, and it's one of the primary fundamental herbs that you use in teas and or people don't even know that herbs can be teas you know the biggest the biggest the biggest question that we get besides what is an apothecary is what's all this you know all the herbs on the wall you know do you make them into what do you do with this and it's like you can make them into teas you can make them into tinctures you can do make them into body care products oils all kinds of things and people are like had no idea like it's all stuff that when we step out of our house is readily available to us on our highways I swear oh, there's, yeah. a, there's an herbalist that works for the for PennDOT <laughs> I swear if you look on the highways there's a lot of herbs that are useful if someone were to get injured on the road you know and it's it's amazing and uh, if you're not looking for it you miss it so this project is about earth-based practices Right. Like that term, what you use that term, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Isn't everything? 
everything on this plant on this planet is technically earth-based and um i have this thing where i um the garden of eden eden is all around us right. you know this is this is the planet that we live on and i think when we talk about earth-based in the sense of in this work that we do it's moving in the similar flow and vibration of this planet with respect yes. and with honor in every way that we move, interact, and process all that information. So everything that we think, we're moving with the energies of this world, the respect for the smallest insect, the smallest plant, to the biggest animal or human, right, in this world, in this earth, to the tallest tree, to the earth, to the air, everything that is around us. And when we use it in this work, it is that integration of bringing Mother Nature or Earth-like materials into the home when we can't, because we can't, we don't live outside, right? right? So it's, it's bringing those things into the home and using them in a way that is accessible to us as humans. So that means having to put it in a pretty little package but it could still be earth-based, right? Even to that package that is being used is earth-based, you know? So it's that fluid integration. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything about your current practices, whether they're in your um, professional practice or your personal practice that you want to change or that you hope to expand or shift? There's always shifts. Whether we want them or not, there's always shifts. I think uh, we're always growing, we're always learning. So even if I am comfortable where I am right now, that is not going to be the case, possibly maybe even next week, who knows, right? Because along with moving in that natural integration, in that work and spirituality is also working with the times of the year, working with what this earth energy and cosmic energy has for us and so that also means the growth development and change within me as a human being right, right? and so if we're talking specifically with prana house i have a dream that prana house is going to expand you know i want prana house to to grow and where we are right now is the tiny little baby and uh we have plans for that baby to be a very large and amazing entity in this world so that means bringing other things into the mix as well really expanding it in so many different ideas like even like clothing maybe or um, more nutrition um, more um, spiritual energy healers that come in here there's other forms of herbalism there's homeopathy there's you know essential oils, aromatherapy, I mean, there's so many new holistic, right, because there's that term too, so holistic is any natural form of care for our bodies, right, that we can use and that we can integrate in with the vision of what Prana House is, so constant growth, constant change, not staying in one place, if um, personally I feel like if we've come to that idea of that we are comfortable and we're no longer going anywhere, We've given up, you know, because we are meant to change, we are meant to grow, we are meant to shift. That's, that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> and you talk about, um, you talked about a little bit how you, you know, the seas 
right? Before we had clocks, before we had our calendars that we really looked on, we really relied on, you know, the rise and fall of the sun and the moon in every morning, right? When, when the sun would rise, that was the time to do work. And when it set, that was the time to go to sleep, right? And then also, depending on the season, the temperature in wherever we live, it can affect our day-to-day work life, right? So as the seasons shift, not only does it create change in our external world, but it also creates change in our internal world. And we talked earlier about the natural integration and the shift. And so that's also a part of that work is that natural integration and movement with those seasons in those times of days um, within ourselves as well. So the, the year is built up in a cycle of the year. Usually, depending on what philosophy you usually go by, it can there can be more. There's just there's more involved, right? But we can, for just for the sake of this interview, we could say, all right, let's break it down by uh, spring, summer, winter, fall. I mean, fall, winter, you can also right? Talk about how you personally yeah. feel most comfortable doing it and do it most frequently. Yeah. So, for example, in the springtime, right? Springtime is the time of you know where the snow starts to really melt, where the sun becomes brighter, where we get more than 12 hours worth of sunlight, the work in the field starts to really happen again. So that's also a time period where we start to feel more energized as well, right? So in the time period of that year, it's really meant for us to buckle down and do the work, to take charge of whatever projects we are trying to um, get done in this world, to move it forward because really think about it we really only have six months to do that where we need to go outside where we need to expand and like be free and reopen because the weather allows that to happen right so energetically internally too this is where we feel more excited and we feel more alive and we feel that we want to do these things and we want to have fun and then fall comes around again you know we went through spring and summer fall comes around again and just like the leaves start changing and the leaves start falling from the trees, it's nature is saying, okay, it's now time to start ending those big projects and start to slow down and maybe look at the things that you struggled with and try to shift things so that you have time to hibernate in a sense in, in the winter time. It's also the time of harvest where a lot of our crops, we are preparing for the lack of food, natural food, right? Because we start to move into the rootier stuff, the stuff that grows close to the ground, that is gonna give us those extra vitamins and minerals that we need in the winter time because the sun is not as bright, not as powerful, so we need those extra nutrients to keep our energy up and not to feel as depressed as a lot of people tend to do in the winter. All of that, has an effect on ourselves, mind, body, and soul, right? So the more positive thoughts we have, more confidence or courage, um, the more that we put life, good life force food into our bodies, um, the medicines that we put into our bodies are also include life force food. All of those things help us to, um, healthier, to feel more alive, to feel more in balance, um, not only with ourselves, but out in the world, too. Right. Um, we 
know, going outside and taking our shoes off and actually feeling the earth beneath our feet, to um, look at an insect and see how it moves in this world, or a bird, or an animal, and what clues can they offer us too? It's we're all integrated, and um, there is there's an honor. Are on the rose hip road trip. I have goddesses in my hips. I go to herbs to get my tips, and my food even makes fairies do flips. 
this is a rose hip.